Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire cartoon fan podcast. This is episode 353 and today we'll be talking about Susie's fantastical scavenger hunt from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. You know, just the the sheer amount of ways Susie wrote to express that she lost an earring back brought a smile to my face each time she uh, had a new rhyme. Uh, <laughs> the the sheer ingenuity of each each new riddle was really delightful. Here you'll find something that holds earrings in place. I don't even think we heard a riddle that wasn't about an earring back, so that's nice. Well, she did level with us that they were about 90% earring backs, so at least she told the truth. Which fits nicely with the fact that Susie isn't particularly demanding about this hunt. It's not like she's so purposefully careless with many of her things that this is a required cleanup she has to do annually. It's like, no, I just kind of lose my earring backs a lot and it'd be cool if maybe y'all found some of them and, you know, I'll let you go to Hartford or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> like, have we ever seen her wearing earrings? I mean, I guess she can't because she lost all her earring backs. I, the deepest lore. Um, We do see her ears all the time, but you're right. I guess they never have earrings. Hmm. I mean, it was awfully suspicious the way she was camped outside of Lucy's cabin specifically. It's almost like she knows more than she's letting on. She always gives that impression, at least. Because really, she's, you know, testing them in this episode, right? It's all really a test of friendship, which, as we know now, is the most sensitive topic to Susie. So perhaps she was testing their friendship against the prophecy, which perhaps this has been, you know, the ongoing thing. That's really where the conspiratorial uh, David comes in. I mean, Susie really does walk that tightrope of, does she know, or is she just being stupid? So, she was doing a high-wire act today, that's for sure. It's <laughs> it's so simple and silly, though. And I love that there's no real excuse for Oscar and Hedgehog to not pair up, except that she's just not feeling it today. She's like, I, I don't want to see y'all going around being friends. We need to break you up. <laughs> Even though... You would think that if she really cared about her stuff, she'd just want the most effective partners. But, again, it's just earring backs. Yeah, I don't know. Like, friendship does seem to disgust her. I guess the I, I guess the loss of Ramona is still deeply affecting her. Yeah, but meanwhile, we get a very, like, tantalizing taste of Oscar and Lucy friendship. And I'm so sad that it doesn't continue to develop in any strong way because, you know, Pretzel crunching while avoiding Susie is too adorable. They had that Midnight Quittance episode later on that kind of implies, if you look at the the flashes forward, that it like they could be boyfriend-girlfriend at some point in the future, but that's, you know, a future where they leave the island, not where Lucy becomes a yeti and Oscar becomes a glowworm and stays together on Summer Camp Island, so... Mm. I mean, we have to say the R word because we're talking about a season one episode, but was there a retcon? I don't know. I kind of suspect it sometimes. I don't know. Lucy's also pretty diabolical, so maybe they're not so compatible over time. I did like how she took that as a compliment. Yeah, she wasn't. Even, she didn't even want to take it all the way. She was so humble about it. Like, as diabolical as Susie? Oscar, I could never. 
you know. <laughs> but that that scene though, where Susie splits up Oscar and Hedgehog, I can and I will. And the reaction to it, I was just. <laughs> if anyone has ever watched the anime, no game, no life. I made it through the first few episodes actually, and the two main characters do not respond well at all to being separated. Like even twenty feet, difficult for them. So I yeah, that this was an interesting premise to have to present at the start because hedgehog's maturity is just so much greater than oscar so it's very believable that oscar is hopelessly dependent on hedgehog which we see a lot of in this episode but you have to make it believable that hedgehog wants to hang out with oscar a lot and they do it in a way that's really perfect for hedgehog but not as problematic (laughs) like she can operate independently but she still is thinking about Oscar and really enjoys being with him. And they're obviously best friends. But, man, do they really dig into Oscar's mental woes uh, oh, trying to be grief. separated. Yeah. The pizza order was a brilliant bit that honestly could just have been its own little short. <laughs> like, just, you didn't even need the rest of the episode. Like, how did they get Radarang into Summer Camp Island? This is the crossover <laughs> everyone should be talking about. Right, that was the impression. Not generic pizza owner, but definitely Radarang. Except, is is Radarang really a generic pizza owner stereotype instead of a gangster? Whenever we do our impression of Radarang, I don't think you could tell the difference, so... <laughs> no. I mean, I, either this was Radarang, or we need to work on our impressions. One of the two. I... <laughs> only need to work on my impressions there's there's not a good one in there but i just thought it was hilarious and also i thought that lucy's choice of a egg covered and broccoli covered pizza was highly disturbing and i love that it was capped off by a completely ridiculous smack off of a cliff uh that they in no way held back on yeah, that's a that's some serious domestic abuse, but Oscar takes it like a champ. He thanks her on the way down. <laughs> oh man, violent like violence is kept at a minimum in Summer Camp Island, so this is a very appropriate usage of it. But um I don't know, man. I you know, used to work in an after school program for kids and they would watch, you know, TV like this and so quickly want to emulate it. And this is the type of thing where I'd be like, Oh, Summer Camp Island's such a sweet show, it's great. And then you have a bunch of kids going around smacking each other, pretending they're making pizza orders. Like, you know, you got to be careful out there, Julia Potts, because they will, uh, the, the kids, they'll just take it and run. Yep. I, I will say this about the pizza order. The the egg in the middle, I perhaps could live with. Um, if oh. for no other reason, then it would probably look cool. It's the broccoli no. that gets me. No, you know what? Like egg on burger, I can do. And vegetables on pizza, it's already a thing. So, like, if you put some broccoli on there, I could survive it. I don't know. Egg on top of just cheese and bread? Well, then again, I guess that's what a bagel sandwich is. Maybe I shouldn't hate it. I feel like if you had egg in the middle of a pizza, you wouldn't put cheese on the middle of the pizza. The the middle would be reserved for the egg. That's just how it happens in my brain. There's like a, it's like a caldera. All these things belong together. People put ketchup on eggs. People put cheese in eggs. People eat bagel, cheese, and egg sandwiches. So I should be okay mm. with eggs on pizza, but I maybe a food scientist knows better than me why this is horrifying. 
Well, all I know is that Lucy made an executive decision and she hung that phone right up without even bothering to give the pizza guy her address. Yes, because Lucy's so independent. She walks down the streets of Manhattan, just throwing in, you know, she just throws in that detail like, okay, fine. I guess she wasn't ordering for delivery. She was ordering for pickup because she did say that was one of the steps. You know, you have to walk the grow up in the streets of Manhattan alone. So maybe she's going to go out the door and get herself a pizza next. I do want to understand the the campers like lives outside the island, but it feels like it's such a rare look, actually, at that. They really hold back on, you know, having them reference their lives much. But uh, this is one of those moments. But also it makes me think of like a kid who like they're at home all the time and parents just leave them pizza money. That's interesting. I, you know, does that affect Lucy a certain way? Like we know that Summer Camp Island is not afraid of having bad parents. There's nothing wrong with leaving your kid at home with uh, pizza money, but you never know. I always look for the darkest angle first, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I I don't know. She seems pretty well taken care of in season three. So I I don't think we have too much Mm, to worry about. That's true. That's true. Despite the, again, you know, the domestic abuse, right? Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's perhaps seen very poor behavior modeled before her. I, I mean, you saw in the Pepper's Blanket is Missing episode what she thinks a boss is supposed to be like, so. <laughs> very, very good shoulder pads on that suit, though, so. She has good fashion sense. Very 80s. The inclusion of the elves' little hoedown square dancing cave was um unnecessarily wonderful like (laughs) it was just such i mean you already had the pizza scene but having an entire backwards advice song was just it was so sweet so cute and also clever like i (laughs) the lyrics are like yeah hey weird little backwards advice things like it's the perfect little there were so many of these songs in adventure time and i love this tradition of Small little goofy songs that aren't theatrical or anything. They're just fun little jokes that last for a minute. And, you know, also it's a good, that it's the little moment where Hedgehog says, the first thing I thought about was I want to take, you know, Oscar here. Yeah. And then she, she wanted to take him there so much. She didn't bother waiting for him to become conscious first. She just <laughs> fireman's carried him right down there. That's a really good point. <laughs> I did not think about the fact that Oscar faints, and I guess he was carried there. Or limped on shoulders. Eh, I mean, we didn't see Betsy this episode. Yeah, Betsy didn't end it. Although Alice was getting into the into the bugling. So maybe maybe Betsy showed up to do the teleporting. It it, it was it was kind of sweet though, the way Oscar and Lucy snuck into her cabin. After she decided he was cool because he called her diabolical, it's like, it's so adorable. They're going on their first date together. <laughs> it's a friendship date. Why did they not pursue this relationship further? We we already had Max crush Hedgehog's heart in a later episode. Like, why can't we see uh, this relationship blossom? I mean, I just want the friendship to blossom. I don't need, you know, tweenage. I don't even know if they're, are they tweenagers? Uh, romance. I'm I'm perfectly fine with just seeing Oscar being happy friends with more than one person. It, it reminds me of, like, Steven Universe. I was like, this kid needs more friends! 
I mean, we do see in season three, he's successfully hanging out with Hedgehog and Lucy, so he's bumped himself up to groups of three or fewer. So that's 50%. Yeah. It's a very big improvement. He just needs someone that when he shares his news updates, they don't already know and they weren't already a part of the news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I made the sandwich for... Oh, wait. (laughs) They picked the most mundane activity possible. And just kept iterating on it. <laughs> like, oh, wait, I already told you that. Oh, wait, also, you made the, I, you, I made the sandwich for you. Uh, it's like the, I can't remember which one it was. One of the Team Fortress 2 videos they did. And it's like, oh, I have to go kill the idiot who pulled the alarm. And, oh, wait, you'll be there for that one. <laughs> Telling the idiot she has to go kill next week. <laughs> Such a harsh anecdote <laughs> in reference um, to this little friendship moment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he survives, so. Uh, they all survive. They've been surviving for, uh, gosh, I mean, almost two decades of Team Fortress. Was that game like 2004? Well, the Team Fortress 2 characters are like their own thing, so. It's still been a while, even if you only count TF2, though. Mm. I I did like how vague the clues they got were. Oh, I lost it by some tall trees. I I think they could have tried a little harder to identify some particularly tall trees, but, I mean, Oscar had other things on his mind, and for some strange reason, Lucy felt comfortable allowing him to navigate. So really, that one's on her. I mean, the clue should have been vague, though, because Susie legitimately doesn't know. I mean, uh, it's even surprising that she knew at all (laughs) when they fell off. She knew she lost one at the square dancing place, so, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know, Susie's kind of a mystery. We, we've we already discussed one of her many mysterious habits. This is another one of hers. Did she know or did she not know? Right, does she also just sprinkle them around randomly because we're pretty sure she doesn't wear <laughs> earrings, but. Yeah, yeah, could be. She's like the, like, if the tooth fairy had an estranged cousin, and that cousin was, like, really bad at her job, (laughs) that would be Susie. It's the earring fairy. What do you think she did before she became a witch? Actually, that would be a a really awful fairy. Like, a fairy that just takes your earrings if you accidentally wear them to sleep. It's like, (laughs) you just wake up and they're gone. Oh, okay. (laughs) There's no other, there's no other transaction. They just get stolen. Yeah, she, she keeps the earring, disposes of the earring back in some random place. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, would that fit in with the Summer Camp Island mythos? I I don't think it would. No, but, uh, you know, I I think they've done... We've never seen fairies in Summer Camp Island, have we? No, there's really only witches that I can think of that are magical. Hmm. Um, Well, witches, elves, we have all sorts of magical creatures, but I think fairies are on the list, but I don't think we've seen any. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I think of fairies as explicitly controlling magic in a way that witches do even though uh i guess the other magical creatures have varying level of magical things going on about them but okay so i'm looking at the chart and no we actually do not have fairies on this list interesting take that butch hartman (laughs) Hmm. no fairies I i mean although i will say this though the Lil Angels, who are the ones who precede the witches, ghosts, aliens, and molar moles, could, they do look kind of like fairies, especially in the, say, Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda, 
mold. Ah, okay. Except they have the halos as well. So they could perhaps fill the role of fairies. And I'm assuming the wish fish is that guy who grants you a wish if you throw him back into the ocean. That's my guess. Miracle Rabbit, don't know what he does. Probably voiced by Hugh Jackman, though. I have a feeling. Miracle Rabbit. (laughs) It's just, uh, I don't know, is that the Easter Bunny or just... (laughs) That is what I think. Probably. He's Yeah, he's ready to party. So at the end of this episode, do you think that Oscar has uh, progressed in any way such that he could make it to breakfast on his own now? Um, I feel like he's made progress. I feel like he's made progress. This is, this is definitely one of those episodes that shows Oscar at his least capable. And I don't know, they still have to call out Code Yellow in season three, so... <laughs> I don't know, when you start at such a low point... I mean, he faints... He has to have made progress. He has to be better. He started at such a low point in this episode, I think he has to have left better than when he started. I'm just concerned that all the better that he had left his body when he saw Hedgehog again at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lucy can always slap the Hedgehog right back out of him. She just needs a high enough cliff. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Susie's Fantastical Scavenger Hunt. Join us next week. We should have Season 4 of Summer Camp Island to begin. Until then, though, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget that we have an ongoing scavenger hunt for your reviews on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.